lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a fun episode here for you today because we have a returning guest and a timely returning guest at that. The exhibition of intrigue Edith Surreal returns to LGBT in the ring this week to chat all about her upcoming episode of The Life Of on IWTV, debuting on June 1st. Um, it's you know, The trailer dropped uh, earlier this month, and uh, it was packed full of uh, little teasers of many powerful moments that will more than likely come out of this episode of IWTV's um, new reality series that they've been doing. Uh, the first two episodes of that show were outstanding with a very good professional wrestler and Jeff Cannonball. But just in time for Pride Month, we're going to get a uh, rare look inside the life of Edith Surreal at a time in her career where a lot was changing. Um, you know, and really one of the main things that I really like um, from the trailer and, and the that we're going to get to see for a lot of people are going to get to see uh, for the first time is really what the, the trans experience um, full front, like, and, and you saw that in the trailer with, you know, scenes of, of Edith, you know, with her, um, her HRT, um, you know, getting the laser hair removal um, treatments, you know, different things like that but but it's so much more than just providing that window and that visibility for people to who don't have trans people in their life on a regular basis to have that that chance to see them as as human and and not just as a construct you know because at the end of the day like here in our community we're all people and around the, like all of us are people <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's going to be a very powerful episode, and I'm very happy that Edith decided to to stop by and chat a bit about putting that together, and um, you know some of her thoughts around that episode as well before it comes out later on. Uh, but before we get to talking to Edith, um, I do want to take a couple moments to talk about some stuff from the week. Um, obviously, probably wrestling-wise, the major thing from this week, past week was. Uh, GCW's draft day show with a stellar match between Dark Sheik and Evie. Um, just outstanding through and through. Um, I It takes a lot, I think, to, to take a GCW crowd and get them to boo Evie. Um, and somehow Dark Sheik accomplished that. Uh, which, honestly, I shouldn't say somehow, because like someone of the talent of Dark Sheik and the charisma of Dark Sheik should be able to pull off something like that. And it's just great to see two um, of the top names in the LGBTQ pro wrestling circles uh, show their stuff on a proper GCW show. You know, it was just, I don't know, it was outstanding to see. And I hope to see Dark Sheik on more GCW cards. I hope to see more of Dark Sheik in general. I know being in Vegas now, she's been showing up a bit more. She's been showing up on, on other cards and uh, I'm I'm here for all of it. I just can't wait to see more of it. Um, so God, so many so many wicked chair spots in that match, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and secondly, from this week, um, 
we here at LGBT in the Ring want to offer um, condolences to uh, Washington Heights and the rest of the family uh, of the late uh, New Jack, Jerome Young. Uh, of course, he passed away this week as well. And, you know, I know Washington, being the child of New Jack, there's a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, conflicting emotions around all that relationship over the past year or so. You know, um, we're coming up on, on the anniversary of, you know, Washington kind of letting the world know uh, <laughs> her connection to um, to New Jack. And, you know, that the way that story kind of unfolded and, and you know, it was definitely a, a painful moment in ways that speaks to the experience of so many LGBTQ people whenever it comes to, you know, relationships within their family and, and relating to your parents or, or other family members um, when it, it, as it relates to your own LGBTQ identity. But... It's been amazing to see Washington's rise since then, whether it be Paris is Bumping or at the Polyam Cult Party 3. Um, just see Washington find find a place in pro wrestling that is healthy and that they continue to um, flourish in it and are passionate about flourishing in it. Um, you know, that's the, it's amazing to see. And then to, to see Washington go on... Twitter and and reveal that you know, New Jack actually watched Washington's performances at Paris's bumping and at the Polyam Cult Party Three, um, and was expressed pride, um, but didn't know how to say that to Washington um, or how to how to bridge that gap um, that had been presented based off of um, you know their how their relationship had gone for so long. It's, it. I'm glad that Washington found peace. That that's that's really all that matters at this point is that Washington got that message and realized, you know, that there was pride there, and you know, that pride was due. To Washington, and, and I'm glad that you know, even though it's posthumously, um, Washington's able to have that moment, and to always know that deep inside, um, it's it's not always something that that we get, and you know, it's, it's I don't know if closure really is a thing, but uh, this is pretty damn close, and I'm very happy to see that Washington remains passionate about being in the pro wrestling world and has found peace with the thing that kind of thrust him back in to the pro wrestling world. So, um, rest in peace, New Jack. And our thoughts remain with Washington Heights and the rest of uh, the family there. That being said, uh, let's jump into my conversation with... It is surreal. Well, 
What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am excited to have as my guest this week. Um, actually, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dichotomy of a returning guest because while she has been on the show before, she has not been on the show under her name now. This is the first oh. time that we're having Edith Surreal <laughs> on LGBT in the Ring. So oh, that- <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> yeah, my <like> debut. <laughs> well, Thank you for having me. No, of course. Welcome back to the show. Always glad to have you on. And, and especially someone like you that's been having such a, just a, a killer year so far in 2021. Um, you know, you had everything that went down in Tampa and, and you know, the the match with, uh, with Masha Slamovich at Camp Leapfrog. That was just bewildering um yeah that's some of the word stuff that it. y'all did <laughs> like you've had a lot going on and maybe we can get into some of that a little bit um as we talk but the big thing for you coming up right now is this the life of episode looking like taking a a look introspective look into the day-to-day of edith surreal um uh, and you know that's i wanted to have you on because that's going to debut here on june 1st over at iwtv and when the trailer dropped alone like that i don't know for i know it got a huge response from a lot of people online but for like my own personal reaction to it like it was so just a minute and a half that it was was already packed with so many powerful moments there um and i'm loved to to have the chance to talk to you a little bit more about that before it debuts in june yeah absolutely i mean i'm excited for it to come out it was um it was a diff, you know, it was quite a process to film just to like share these really intimate moments in my life um, with this little camera, knowing that people are gonna watch it. So I'm, I'm so like so thrilled with the response to it so far. But um, yeah, it's definitely like a real vulnerable moment for me. So trying to like prepare for that. Oh, I could definitely, I could definitely see it being a vulnerable moment, <laughs> um, like inviting a camera, even if you're operating the camera yourself, you know, like that's still inviting a lens in, into your life. Um, and, you know, it could be a very deeply personal thing. What was it like for you whenever the opportunity came your way? Or actually, better yet, better question, how did that opportunity come your way initially? Um, you know, IWTV reached out. Uh, you know, I've known Jerry, who is kind of like the, he helps run IWTV and he's kind of like the person who's like at shows and who are always making fun of uh, when we talk about Jerry or Jerry Wrestling TV. So that's the Jerry. So I know him, you know, he was around Chikara because um, that's kind of where he trained and where he wrestled. So I just, I've known him since I've started wrestling and, um, you know, we've become friends and, um I worked with him doing, um, like when I was doing ring crew at beyond, I was doing camera work a lot. So, uh, that's kind of how I, you know, got to, to know him really well. And then, um, he mentioned it a couple, I guess a couple months ago about, about the show and, um, you know, I was really excited to do it. So I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, just really excited about it. Was there any hesitation on, on your part whenever like Jerry came to you with the idea of like, hey, let like we're doing this show. We want to have you do an episode where like we're just giving you a camera and it's very much a portrayal of of your your life. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially just 
you know, from where I come from, from coming from the wrestle factory and coming from Chikara is really encouraged that our wrestling personas are very different from our real life personas and to, to really work to separate the two for our own, you know, for our own mental health, really, that's a big reason for it. It's just so, um, it, it's just two separate, two separate things, especially if there's like criticism for our wrestling character that can kind of help um, cushion the blow towards our own like personal egos and stuff like that. So um, that's just kind of has always been in my head, but, you know, being trans and having that as part of my journey and part of my wrestling persona is, um, I just find more and more connection with fans, the more I reveal about my true self and the more I kind of merge these two personas together, um, the more I become Edith Surreal, which is at this point, just a real extension of me. Um, you know, I find much more success the more I do that. And I think with the goals I have as a wrestler, you know, and as a trans person and um, all of that, I just have to keep letting people in and sharing the side of myself. So um, it was hard, but, you know, I knew that's kind of what I had to do. And I think now that I feel this anxiety before it debuts, like that kind of tells me I did, um, I did the right thing. <laughs> No, I, I I can imagine that the the anxiety is there. Um, even if you like, even if it wasn't like a, an episode of the show that really shed a light on a community that you know doesn't hasn't had a ton of visibility in the pro wrestling world, like the trans community has, you know that. But that's where I, for me personally, watching the trailer, um, where a lot of the the power is drawn from with this like you know like obviously like there's a lot of stuff in, in the trailer that i'm sure is going to be expounded upon in the episode like looking at your relationships with you know solo darling and dark chic and and willow nightingale and like just your other life experiences but really opening pulling back the curtain a bit on you know trans identities in pro wrestling through your own trans identity um I don't know, that seems to be something that we've never really seen that much in, in the pro wrestling world, especially whenever you're talking about like going beyond the ring. Um, did you feel like that was a, a personal responsibility to do that for, for this show? Or is that something that you had been wanting to, I know you've been very outspoken obviously in interviews with me and other places about trans identities in pro wrestling and trans visibility in pro wrestling, but is that something that you put on yourself when knowing you had the opportunity to do this show to kind of showcase? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I think being trans is like, it is part of my identity. And you know, like I'd love to just live my life just being where I just, it's not something I have to focus on or isn't, um, you know, this major part of my life, but it is a major part. and. Um, so I had to speak about it and share my journey. And I think like even bigger than just pro wrestling is like, you don't really often get to see the process of transitioning. You know, that's not something that is that all that common in what little like ground that, you know, trans identity cover in general media. Like you don't really see that too much. Um, you know, usually you see like people like 
Laverne Cox or whoever is like on Time Magazine, you know, the cover of Time Magazine, you see like, you know, it's hard to say when someone's finished transitioning, but you see kind of like, um, you see the end result of a transition. You don't really get to see everything that goes into it. Um, so I wanted to share a little bit about that. You know, it is, it is hard and it is physically painful. You know, I, I go to laser hair removal, which I have to get on my face. So I bring the camera there and we get to see um, that process and it sucks, it hurts. Um, and then I'm all red and blistered for a couple of days. So, you know, I want people to know what goes into this and, um, you know, that it isn't just this like, not that anyone thinks I'm just, it's just this whim, like you just like, you know, paint your nails and, and change your gender. Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot to it. Um, so I just wanted, I just, I want people to know that because I, I, I don't, people don't really know that, don't know the whole process that goes into it. And um, just wanted to like share that, you know, that's kind of the, the responsibility I feel is to share, share the journey. No, for sure, for sure. Um, and I, one of the more like interesting visuals from from the trailer um, was just the image of you sitting down at, at your like kitchen table with uh, your HRT, mm -hmm. and like that's an image I never thought I would see in a pro wrestling context, or, or really like uh, it was one that I haven't seen in a lot of media contexts ever, um, and just that that little that glimpse that that glimpse into the that process what it means to to transition what goes into transitioning um i don't know like i it's that's just i don't know it was just amazing to to see that moment like how how much of that process um whenever you were filming this did did you feel like you wanted to go into and like obviously the episode isn't out yet but and I don't know if you can like I don't know if you want to reveal anything about the episode per se, but like like how much of a of a conscious thought was it to show to the extent that you desired that that process? Yeah, I mean, so the process for filming it, I really just had to shut it out of my head that other people were gonna watch this. I just mm -hmm. had to like pretend I was just talking to myself. There was just a personal journal, um, just to help with. The kind of intimacy that I, I needed to that needed to happen for the for me to film this so um I knew I was going to do my injection on camera just because that is such an important moment and it's such like a pivotal it's such a obviously a critical part of my step and you know of my transition is to um to do my injections and just like dealing with medication in general you know, how often I have to go to the pharmacy and worry about um, making sure I have all my meds. And um, it's a lot of work to, to kind of manage that. So that's, it's just such a huge part of the process. And I just wanted to share that. And, you know, at that time, I was fairly new to injections. Um, like I just recently switched over to injectable estrogen. And, you know, I'm not good at it. <laughs> like, I'm not, it's hard to, to inject yourself. So I'm just like, you know, I'm not doing it totally right. Um, and it is really painful. And I share that, you know, because that's part of it. That's a whole, that's a part of it. Like, I have to share that. So that's all there. And, you know, fortunately, I've, I've gotten a lot better 
at doing the injections about getting the measurement right and getting it all out of, you know, filling the, the syringe and making it less painful for myself. But at that time when I filmed it, I, it hurt because I didn't really totally understand what I was doing. So not that I didn't know what I was doing. It was just like, there's so many little, little, little tricks you got to figure out to, to do it right. So, um, yeah, that's all there. No, I mean, that's a learning process. I, I can imagine if I had to like, like give myself a shot every, every day or every few days, like that would, that would be a, yeah. Yeah. And so, it was really hard because I had the mask on too. So like, it's, <laughs> I don't have like, you know, full field of vision when I have my mask on. So that, that is all throwing me off. Uh, plus I'm like, you know, breathing, like hyperventilating a little bit because I'm about to do a shot and it's hard in the mask. So that had a whole other thing to it. Like, luckily I don't have to wear that all the time. I don't know, spoiler, yeah. I don't wear a mask all the time, but. Um... Uh, you ruined so many people's image now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It's interesting that you talk about how like all these like moments of like you showing like more like of, uh, of your personal identity and then showing that vulnerability over the past like like six months to a year to two years uh, you know a long period of time now but that that is like kind of more endeared you more to audiences in in pro wrestling um but i mean there are still a number of people in the pro wrestling audience that you know don't have any real tangible experience interacting with you know trans communities or, or the LGBTQ community really. And of course that's growing as it, as it continues to, to flourish in the pro wrestling scene. But um, how imp to you, like how important is it to be able to be a source of that visibility for those fans that might be tuning into IWTV that, you know, don't watch the the queer centric shows aren't going to to, to watch uh, beyond stuff and and all these and all the other um promotions on there that do feature um or are more inclusive with the talent that they feature like what do you, what do you feel is that that personal uh significance for you with those audiences oh that's a good question i have i honestly haven't really thought about it too much because like for me, wrestling has been really welcoming to me. And, you know, there are so many elements of the wrestling community that is very inclusive. And um, so I just kind of, I guess I just kind of think of it that way. And especially because like so many people come to wrestling for so many different reasons, you know, we're looking for a community to belong. Um, so I see wrestling is that kind of thing. It's just like a bunch of misfit toys coming together, whether that's the wrestlers or the fans or, um, you know, the people who are working on the shows there to help out. Like, it's just, you know, one of the big reasons we all do this is because of that sense of community. Um, so that's kind of what I think of, but yeah, when I think of fans who, who aren't familiar, I mean, I guess, I hope I hope I'm a good like um, introduction to to what queer people and trans people are like. Um, we're just like everybody else. <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're, just, we're just people. That's it, <laughs> you know. So like, I hope that that I hope that that comes across. And like, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends, like it's just 
you know, like I, I can just be like, um, you know, one thing I did want to come across is just like, you know, if you have a friend who is trans, like, how do you act around them? Like, what do you do to make them feel safe and welcome and loved and all that? And I think that's something that's really apparent with, you know, my friendships with Solo and Willow is just like, they just, I can just be like, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to feel like I'm the trans friend. Like they just act as if I've always been a woman and that's it. And that's all that's all, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to acknowledge that I'm trans all the time around them. So um, I hope that's like at least one thing that, that people can pick up from it is just, you know, it's just one small part of who I am as a person. And, um, and maybe that's what, what, you know, everyone can pick up. Like, it's just, it's just one piece of who I am is my trans identity. Um, you know, I'm just a... I'm just a person. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And I did want to talk to you a little bit about those relationships that are explored in the doc as well, you know, because like, obviously, you and Solo and Willow are incredibly close. And mm -hmm. that just shines through in in the trailer, at least. And I'm sure there's going to be even more of that in, in the actual, um, the actual episode. But it's it's really really endearing to see like you and solo's relationship there because it's just it's just it seems like there's an amazing closeness there um mm -hmm. what was it like to like be able to to showcase that relationship and and just you know just just show yourself and, and solo like having this fun doing whatever like walking down the street talking about having cocktails and, <laughs> and like, just just regular friend stuff like what was like what was it like for you to kind of like have that veil pulled back a bit and not just have to be like the the you know the trans professional wrestler and just be edith and solo hanging out in the city yeah i mean it was fun you know i think anytime you get like an opportunity to like you know, I knew I was doing this documentary and it's like, well, I have to get my friends on TV. Like I have to help them get on here. So every time I was with someone, I made sure to film, like whatever we were doing, made sure to film them. And especially like Solo and Willow, like I want, you know, hey, let's get, we can have a lot of airtime on IWTV. I got to, so like that was the first part of it. But just like, you know, um, I'm sure if, like fans are, really curious like what our life is like outside and who we're friends with and and all that stuff and what we do and being a professional wrestler because our schedules are so weird and the lifestyle is so weird um at least for me like all of my friends are wrestlers um it's hard to relate to other people or have other people relate to us because you know the lifestyle is so weird <laughs> you know and we do risky things we drive for 13 hours for a six minute match. It's really hard to explain that to other people. So that's kind of what makes, you know, what makes us so close. And the fact that we are spending this time together, you know, Sol and I became really close because I was doing ring crew for Beyond and I was driving her and, um, you know, some of the other Philly Beyond wrestlers up to New England, which is, you know, about a five, five hour drive. And um, so we just became like instant friends once I was like, helping driving them up before I was even wrestling. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's just been this incredible person in my life, um, especially through my transition, like how, like there's no guidebook on how to be a woman. Like there's no, 
I didn't get to be like a teenage girl and like learn makeup and do crazy things to my face and my hair and my outfits. Like I'm having to do this as an adult. Um, not that I didn't know how to like do makeup and stuff before, but like, um, you know, it's amazing to have someone to like help me with those things and to like um, be there when times are really hard and just be like a really like comforting voice in this really scary thing. Like transition is scary. So just to have someone who I'm able to talk to and is just able to help me out. And like, you know, when we're up in New York, like I'm up there because I'm, I have a, uh, a consult with a plastic surgeon. Like I'm, I was looking into surgery, you know, uh, fe facial feminization surgery. Um, so she, I like told her I was up in New York. She's like, great, we're going like, we'll, we'll drive there and get a hotel and do all that. Like it was just, I didn't even have to ask. She already like had it, had it planned. Um, and yeah, so just like, yeah, I'm just excited for people to see that. <laughs> Do you feel like having a, like friends like Solo and, and Willow um, who have been so, who are cis and also have been so supportive uh, throughout your transition, do you feel like that's been something that has helped you kind of um, feel more comfortable in that transition? Yeah, absolutely. Um just because they know what I'm feeling. They know, like, I've, I've, I'm able to share, like, my anxieties and, and things that I'm upset about. Um, and they're able to be understanding about that. And, you know, especially once I start, like, dressing more feminine in public, like, um, like, that they know, like, hey, I'm wearing this and I'm uncomfortable about it. And just to, like, that they're aware about it, you know, aware of it. Um, you know, some of the things, like, going to the bat like on so on road trips you got to go to the bathroom at a rest stop and like I'm very uncomfortable like there's a lot of reasons why trans people are, are uncomfortable using the restroom right and just that I can like know that and they just or I could just tell them that and they just know like okay we're going together they're gonna wait make sure I'm okay like they just know that I don't have to ask it I don't have to tell them why I don't have to explain anything they just they just know and um you know, they know that we're always traveling together and, and they just know that stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I'm so lucky to have them as, as my friends. No, for sure. For sure. Um, and I have to say like there, it does seem like there's been much more gender affirmation for yourself since the last time that we spoke. Um, it's, it really seems like that, that you've felt a lot more comfortable in your own skin in that way so much so that even in the trailer we saw like you're you and solo are like shooting only fans content yes <laughs> so i like that, that was a, a surprise to me not necessarily like like you know it was just like i just wasn't expecting that and i was like oh okay well that that's super gender affirming in a way yeah <laughs> what was that process like for you to feel like because that's a different that's a whole different level of vulnerability what how did you feel like going into doing something like that yeah, I mean, it, it was hard because, like, you know, as far as, like, my transition goes, like, it was in the middle of a pandemic, so a lockdown, so I'm not, I'm not able, there was this huge chunk of time in the moment of my transition where I feel like I normally be presenting more feminine public, but there's nowhere to go, so I didn't really get to take those steps until things started opening up, um, 
And that was one thing that was really wonderful about having like a non-binary identity for a little while. Um, it gave me this freedom to explore these things and to kind of like um, subtly do certain things. So I didn't just have like a boy mode and a girl mode, right? I never had that. Um, I could just start to like, you know, I had this little list when I was started my transition, you know, in therapy, like I see a therapy, a, a therapist, I'm very pro-therapy. Um, so I made this little list of everything that I, I wanted to do as far as like my parents goes. And it started with like, you know, wear nail polish and jewelry and, you know, everything down from like dress and heels and all that stuff. Um, and that was just like my process. And that's what, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I'm not saying that like, you know, being femme means you have to wear heels and nail polish or any of that. It was just what I wanted to do. But um, so I just kind of had those little things that I start to, you know, slowly introduce into my like wardrobe as I felt comfortable because, you know, I had anxiety about, about certain things. So if I just do one thing at a time, it's a lot easier than just, you know, showing up to work on Monday, you know, in, you know, fully femme. You know, it was a lot easier. This is just my process, which is very slowly do that. Um, so it just kind of happened one day. Like I, I was, again, I was like talking to my therapist and something, I said something about boy mode and girl mode or something like that, like appearing, like living full-time as a woman. And my therapist was like, what does that mean? How's that any different than what you're doing now? And I was just like, oh, I guess, oh, I guess I'm there, <laughs> you know? And I've been there for like a month or two, just like, you know. I was just, that was just me now. So um, that was, that was my process there. But to like do like the OnlyFans thing, like, um, yeah, that was really vulnerable. But <laughs> I mean, it was, that was, you know, what we were there for is like solo, you know, needed a backdrop for it. And, you know, we all just wanted to take some pictures just to feel good and just to like, have that and just to like do that so that's kind of what the theme of the weekend was so you know of course we had our champagne to kind of like loosen up a little bit but yeah it was definitely very affirming and very like it was really fun you know now I have these these pictures in case you know I feel like opening up an OnlyFans or something like that <laughs> I have it in my back pocket um yeah <laughs> no it's, it's just awesome to see like you like having that that level of confidence with yourself physically you know um and it's just amazing it's just amazing to see um oh. and it goes a long way to like showing you know that you know the process of transitioning and and trans identities and and trans expression you know of like of their gender like it can be it can be so self-fulfilling in a way so much down so to the point where you know, you feel comfortable enough to hang out with your friends in lingerie, you know, <laughs> so it's just, like, yeah. it's just, it's just, it was just awesome to see, you know, like that one of, that was one of the moments in the trailer that I immediately thought like, felt like very, very happy for you in my own head. Um, so, yeah. But another person that is featured in the, in the, the trailer is Dark Sheik. And, you know, obviously you and Dark Sheik, have a, a a very strong relationship and i know that she is someone you know we've talked in the past about how you um looked up to her in so many ways um what was it like for you to have someone like dark chic there to to kind of to talk to whenever 
you know, whenever this episode was, you know, first coming up and to have her there to talk about the, the process of like, you know, changing the persona from, from Still Life with Apricots and Pears to Edith Surreal, you know, like that, because that's another big theme in this. Like it kind of runs parallel to your own like tr transition is that also the move from Still Life to Edith Surreal. Um, what was it like for you to be able to have Dark Sheik there as someone, you know, I don't know if I would go, so, I, I don't know if mentor is the right word, but someone to be able to kind of talk through these things with in that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm so lucky that our schedules worked out that she was in Philly for um, a weekend because um, I only had the camera for a month and like I don't, I don't see her that much, you know, she lives in, on the other side of the country so like. <laughs> Um, it's just really lucky that that worked out and that she was in town and um, in like the dark chic way. She's like, hey, I don't know where I'm staying. It's just like, yeah, you can stay here. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was after Fight Forever that she, you know, crashed here. We were both on the show and um, it was fun to just have these conversations about all the like monotonous stuff of being trans of how much paperwork it is. <laughs> um you know to do your name change and do your gender marker change it's a lot of paperwork so like we were comparing notes on that because you know it's different in every state so um yeah it was just really nice to be able to like have someone who had just done this process to kind of help me out um and then you know she's doesn't get a, she doesn't get enough credit for how much she knows about wrestling and how successful she is on the, the business side of wrestling with with hood slam and and the enormous success that it is over there. So like, it's great to have someone just with that experience to bounce the idea of just like wrestling under a different name and um, what goes into that. Cause she's done that. And, you know, with all the characters that have come through Hood Slam and the different characters she's, she has done what that means to, to change your name in wrestling and, and to kind of have to build up um, your name recognition all over again. So just to get that advice is just so, so valuable but um especially as like a trans person and a trans wrestler and all of that i'm just i'm really glad that you know we were able to get that into the into the documentary all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring um, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and get a five-day free trial and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT get five days free check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm 
And if you're into video games, definitely check out my video game news show, the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. So, talk to me a little bit about the the pro the move to eat is surreal because you know obviously like that is it it does like kind of parallel this transition. I think someone online uh, like mentioned as such, and I, I loved your response to that as well. Like looking at still life as a art project that embeds completion and mm-hmm. then edith as the next step like that was just it was beautiful yeah. um it makes total sense for the way that i think that you have shown that you approach these sort of things um and in the in the episode coming up uh it definitely is part of the story there because it was around the time that the name that the name change happened um and also, even at the end of the trailer, like it starts, like they do the little like graphic thing where it starts typing out still life and then backspaces and does he this surreal. So it's present throughout the trailer and I'm sure it's present throughout the episode. What, um, when did you initially feel that the the art project of still life with Apricots and Pears was coming to a close and, and needed to, you needed to move on to something that was closer to who you were? Yeah. Um... I mean, that's a complicated question because I've always kind of known that I was going to have to change the name or change the character, mm-hmm. you know, coming from Chikara, that's what happens to a lot of people is, um, you know, it's this character you're given right after training and um, it fits really well into this niche world of Chikara, but um, maybe doesn't lend itself to the most like mainstream success. So, you know, so many people had started in Chikara and then um changed their names or wrestled unmasked or, or anything like that and found success there so it was always in the back of my head that that was going to happen um and then you know once Chikara went away and I was just kind of building up this momentum on my own um you know I I know a lot about like um you know uh trademarking art and copyright and all that stuff and knowing that like the intellectual property of still life with apricots and pears belongs to Shakara. And not that there's any kind of nothing malicious was going to happen. Um, but it still was in my best interest to have a name that I owned. Um, you know, again, like I wasn't scared that someone was going to come after me. Um, I, there was nothing like that, but I just wanted, I wanted something that I could own and protect. Um, so that was a reason for it. Um, and, you know, being trans and sh- going through the process of changing my legal name, um, it just got me thinking about changing my wrestling name at the same time, just to have kind of a fresh start. Um, you know, like I'm thinking about changing like my legal last name, not because I have any kind of like, you know, it's not a gendered last name, but just any idea of having a fresh start, I want to change my legal last name. Um, 
and just changing my wrestling name is the same thing. Not that like still life is an inherently gendered name, but just to have like a fresh start. Um, and then, you know, in this, the same thought of like wanting to be more, um, more human and be able to connect with fans, I felt like I needed a more human name. So like still life is, you know, in some ways an inanimate object. It's a piece of art, it's a concept, but Edith Surreal is a person's name, um, makes me more human. And the same reason, like I opened up my eyes on my mask to be able to connect with people. Um, I wanted a name that can, you know, be, can do the same thing. And that's why, you know, most of my friends call me Edie. So, um, you know, I introduced that, that like fans can call me Edie and that's kind of what like my, my name is. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just all of these reasons wanting to do it. And, um, I don't want it to be seen as a, a new character or a new identity. It's nothing like that. It's the same, like the lineage is still the same. Um, it's not something new. I'm not going to perform as still life at the same time I'm performing as Edith. It's just, this is my new name. And it's just an extension of that. And that's why I didn't have like a full gear change. Like I didn't change the gear at the same time I changed my name. I slowly started rolling that out. Um, and while stuff was like, I changed the name at Beyond, but I still had like stuff that was recorded and still needed to debut, like the Cassandra Cup and the Enjoy Cup that was still yet to debut. And that was all under Still Life. So, you know, for a brief time, I was um, Edith Surreal performing as Still Life today for Cots and Pears, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I, you know, it's just, it's just a new name and, and um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I but mean, also like, I see, I, I'm not gonna, I'm always going to be changing and evolving, you know, like, you know, I think in some aspects, maybe it's the best thing to do is to stick with your brand and have that identity. You know, some people do that and that's fine, but I'm not like that. You know, I'm, I want to change stuff. I get bored. I want to do something new. I want to do something fresh. I want to constantly be evolving. And that's my look. That's my gear. Cause I get bored of the old gear and I want something new. Um, I get bored of the moves that I'm doing and I want something new, you know, like for a while, like my offense was all about, you know, setting up for the Venus flytrap and smashing someone's knee. And then just like, all right, I did that. Now I want like a different style match. Now I'm really into doing like, now that um, I'm, like I do a lot more Lucha Libre now because like working in Chikara, we're all trained the same. So, you know, we all can't do the same Lucha moves on a show. We have to do something different. Well, now a lot of times on a show, I'm the only Chikara trained person there. So it's like, great. Now I can pull out all these cool Lucha moves because <laughs> no one else can do it better. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that if I'm on a show with Green Ant because he's way better at it than me. So <laughs> I could do it now. <laughs> so yeah, like I've definitely changed my offense up a little bit. I'm working on new finishing moves just because like I'm bored and I want something new. And this is like, this is fun for me. Um, and I don't really want to follow like the the rules in that regard. Like I just want to keep changing and and have that be a part of my character and of my identity and what people connect to is that I'm always going to be do something different because like, you know, that was, that was Madonna. That was Cher. That was Lady Gaga. Like they are were always changing it up, you know? And, um, you know, I always do this reference and I feel bad, but like, I love, I love the cure and I love Robert Smith, but like, 
that look doesn't age the best, you know? Um, in David Bowie aged gracefully. And I want to have that, like, that evolution um, for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a healthy place to be at. You know, obviously, like, just looking specifically at pro wrestling, like, the people that have the most longevity are the ones that are, like, have that freedom to evolve and have that ability to evolve and are open to those sort of things. So in mm -hmm. that aspect, like it totally makes sense, but beyond just pro wrestling, like we, everything's about, about, you know, whether it be personal, like gender expression or just, or, or personal expression or anything really hum, human has a fluidity to it. And to rem, like put, uh, like constrictions on that fluidity like and limits yourself so much and I think that's another thing that really comes through about your your ease of, of evolving into presenting all these different things with audiences is that it it connects that ability like you can be whatever you want to be and it doesn't have to stay the same yeah yeah I agree with that um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just awesome. I don't know. It, it, it hits hard and, but it hits like really, really well in a lot of ways too. I was curious though about like, you said something um, earlier about, you know, removing the, the, or like uncovering your eyes for your mask and um, you know, wanting to change to a, you know, a less of a inanimate object name in, 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 in either surreal um, and, how that kind of made the audience like feel more of a human connection to the character in, in that way. What was, what did that have any impact for you as well? Being able to move away from, um, you know, like obviously like still life, there was, has had many, many different incarnations before the change to Edith. But at the same time, like it feels like Edith surreal has so much more, not necessarily more of who you are in it, because I feel like all iterations of of Still Life and, and Edith had a good chunk of you in it, but it feels like there's much more control in a way now for you. Like, is is does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that, that's definitely a big piece of it too. Where you know, when performing as Still Life, I felt like I had to keep everything within the bounds of like I am a piece of art and. Um, you know, I need to act as if I am a concept and all of that stuff, um, which is fine. I think it's great to be, you know, some of the most creative decisions and creative moments come out of limiting your decisions and limiting all of that stuff. Um, so I think that's, I'm not, you know, I don't regret any of that. Uh, but, you know, I just wanted a little bit, you know, working as Edith gives me a lot more freedom. Um, and I don't feel like, I'm limited to anything and now I can just do do things because I like them or wear things because I like them you know I really wanted like this white leather the white leather like sleeveless um jacket that Which I started I love, wearing by the way oh thank you solo made that for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah I um yeah I wanted that and it's just like oh this doesn't really feel right for still life you know I feel like you know Still life needs something a little bit more elaborate or something. And I never had entrance gear for still life. So like with Edith, it's just like, oh yeah, this is cool. It's like, I always wanted a cool leather jacket so I can do that now. And, um, and it is just, it's fun to like, 
just add more of myself to to this character and it's just um I get to wear things that like I normally you know couldn't wear or maybe I don't know I still wear crazy stuff but um <laughs> it's just fun yeah it's just I I I really enjoy it I love like doing like fun stage makeup looks and um you know making Pinterest boards of all the different outfit inspirations like the next two like already ready to go so um it's just it's a lot of fun for me and obviously that's translated into like a lot of notable appearances so far this year you know you had fight forever cassandro cup uh all the stuff at wrestlemania week that you had um the appearances with gcw um beyond like i i could go camp leapfrog i could go on like you, the matches with Effie and Masha in 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 Camp Leapfrog this year so far have were just they showed a different side to you that I didn't know was that I didn't know was there. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course you love the ones that have weapons and tables and blood. Hey, I'm not saying they're my favorites. I'm just saying like they stood out. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> But like you've had so many amazing moments so far this year. Are are there any particular ones that stood that stand out for you? I mean, it's been this year is pretty overwhelming. Like looking back on it, um, you know, it's really scary when like at Chikara, like that was our home, and you know, it was like a little bubble in some ways. Um, and so, like once that went away in the middle of the pandemic, it's just like, well, what, what happens now? Like all of my wrestle homes are gone. Um, so I'm really thankful to have places to go now that like beyond has become like a little wrestle home for me. And, you know, the Butch vs. Gore shows and Camp Leapfrog um, are all like a place where I can feel at home. So I'm really thankful to have those places back um, or just to have that feeling again. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to think that like, can you imagine like three years ago seeing Still Life with Apricots and Pears? Like, yeah, they're going to be wrestling for GCW. Like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you know, so I'm, I, it's it's I I never thought I'd be there. And even like Beyond, like I had always done ring. Like I said, I always did ring crew for Beyond. Like while I was training in my first year wrestling and you know, Beyond's known for like a particular style and a particular type of wrestling, which is at that time was very different than what I was doing. And I remember, you know, I would drive up there. I would drive, you know, the 10 hours round trip up, driving, driving everyone up, doing airport runs, doing like, um, doing ring crew, setting up the ring, being timekeeper or running a camera, running sound. Like I did all that stuff for Beyond. And I was driving with another like wrestler who was, who was a peer. And they were like, do you really think you're ever going to wrestle for beyond? Um, and he didn't mean that in like this, like disparaging way, but just like, look at who you like, what you do and, and what beyond does. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to wrestle there. <laughs> um, so it's, it, for me, that's really cool because it was like this place had put in a lot of work and it was a goal. Like, I'm doing this because I want to work here. I'd also, you know, there's a lot of reasons I do ring crew, but you know, I was like, well, I want this reward. I want to have, um, I want this to pay off in at least a match. And, you know, I got that thanks to, you know, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor brought me up to do a match uh, a year ago, two years ago um, on Unchar Uncharted Territory. And, you know, um, 
they brought me back a year later um, to, to start doing, or I guess, yeah, over, over the summers when they brought me back. Um, so it's just really cool to like have that pay off. Um, and then just to, I don't know, just to keep like gaining momentum and, and all that. It's just, yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. No, it's, it's amazing to see that journey though, and have that, that kind of culmination of you like meeting that achievement that you set for yourself in that way. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see. Um, you know, we start, we can, we're winding down here a, a little bit, but, um, couple two more things i wanted to ask you about um and i wish we had a little bit more time because i'm sure there's much more of a story behind this but that entrance at iwtv family reunion (laughs) oh my god that was just um, amazing first off um i i would love like if you had like just like a, a short little story about where the inspiration for for that came from yeah so Again, that's Jerry. That's Jerry at IWTV, mm. Jerry Wrestling TV. Um, you know, he, it had been in the works that I was going to get a title shot for a while. Um, and finally, like it all aligned. And then, you know, that became part of the Cassandra Cup. So, um, yeah, he just had these ideas. He messaged me. He's like, hey, we want to give you the Orange Cassidy entrance this year. Um, so that was the collective in New Jersey. He had a violinist play him to the ring, I believe or as a flute, a flutist. Um, so it was like the special entrance. So, you know, Jerry want to do that for me. And that's something that's really fun about having a character like mine is I know it, I was doing something right because other people have ideas for me, you know, veterans and people who are, are kind of, or anybody really always has an idea. They're like, Hey, I, you know, still life or Edie should do this. Um, so I love that. That that tells me, like, if I'm inspiring other people to come up with ideas, I know I'm doing something right. So um, that's always advice I would give to, like, young wrestlers is to, like, have something that is going to inspire other people to give ideas for you. Because, you know, no one's going to, you can't think of everything. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I put into Still Life, into Edie, that are from other people. And this entrance was one of those. So, you know, I had... I had a lot of different ideas for like big entrances. Like I've always thought about it. Um, so I was trying to incorporate like flowers. I was like, Hey, could we do like, you know, how Kane shoots like fire out of the, the, the turnbuckles or the corner posts. Like, <laughs> can I have flowers that shoot out of that? Um, and he said, no, that's not possible. But you know, I wanted that, you know, I wanted like a sea of flowers and I was like, well, can we have like the fans throw? He's like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of fans there. <laughs> so, um, but he had this idea and he's like, well, what can we do for the, the, the art? And, you know, luckily, you know, again, like, you know, people are inspired by Edie. So they, they make fan art. So I had all these images already saved and, talked to you know all the artists and got their permission um and yeah it just kind of all came together and luckily like I was able to find some piano versions of the grime song Killed First Fame which is my entrance song uh, I was able to find a piano version of that which fit um just really well and got to debut a whole new set of gear which was really cool too and um you know, unfortunately, it was a moment for Sneaky Wheeler Yuta co- to come and hit me over the head with something. But um, 
you know, again, maybe I inspired him too. So, you know, maybe comes with the territory, <laughs> but, um, you know, and now we have these, these works of art, which we are going to, um, we're talking, I don't know if I'm supposed to unveil this yet, but I'm going to, um, <laughs> like we're going to do, uh, when the episode debuts, we're going to do like a live, like watch along and auction off these pieces. Um, and I want to do money for the, uh, you know, do the charities due to the ACLU to help kind of fight um, what's going on in a lot of these states where they're trying to legislate away, you know, the rights of trans kids. And, um, you know, that's something that's really important to me. So I want to, you know, try to help out in, in any little way I can there. Um, so we're going to auction those off. And yeah, it just kind of came together really well. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> It was just like, you know, when a, a good match comes together, it's just kind of everything just falls into place. So I was really excited about it. No, I, I can definitely see why. And that's awesome that y'all are going to be like uh, auctioning off the, the fan art for charity. Um, mm -hmm. That's and that, a very, very noble cause. One that's very near and dear to not just my heart, but the entire Outsports team's heart as well. Yeah. So, yeah, kudos, commendations on that as well. Um, I just I really like that entrance because like obviously like the music and all the artwork and just everything that kind of like surrounds the character of Edith Surreal, even going back to like the still life character as well, it's all kind of encompassed in that. But the mm -hmm. moment where you actually like step through the frame, it's almost as if like, like obviously you've been, you had been Edith for a little while heading into that match against Lee Moriarty, but mm -hmm just the image of seeing like you like step out of the frame uh and like away from like almost like being the work of art but then stepping into like the the tangible world and like removing yourself from being Ooh. that sort of thing like was just like it just hit me immediately like oh my god like this just i was like i i think i tweeted out something like i'm crying before this match even starts and like that was legitimate like it was just like i don't know oh. it was just very very moving it was very oh. very moving I didn't even think of that. Um, I can't take credit for that concept, but that fit. Like now, I, I feel that I see. I see exactly what you're saying. Um, that was definitely not the intent of that, but I can. Now it feels like the un, it is. <laughs> that feels like <laughs> what that moment was, because <laughs> it was like you know what else? What we can't just do pictures of what I look like now because it was new gear, so that didn't even exist. Um, so it just made sense to do the entire like history of the character of every different outfit um because like i said evolution is really important to me so i wanted to to put that in there um so yeah <laughs> yeah and having all those the different like iterations of of the character like in depicted in all the fan art i think added to that for, for me as well and i'm sure i'm not the only person who had that interpretation of it but it was just like super super powerful like it was just amazing to see so like i just wanted like i don't know i just had to get that out there for oh, myself yeah <laughs> no um but obviously like the the episode is coming up on june 1st on iwtv you're gonna be doing the live watch along there um as well as you know I'm, there's i know there's you know you had the announcement for paris's bumping solid gold 21 where you and Mariah Moreno were going to be in the main event. Obviously, you know, you announced a little while ago that you're kind of taking a step back for now due to some uh, post-concussion issues. 
Um, mm-hmm. So that like we'll we'll get to that match whenever if you know whenever that time comes. But like, how are you feeling now? Like, if you didn't mind, like, um, kind of giving a little bit of a an update for for the listeners and anybody that's that's uh, had you in their their thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I feel good. I'm just being very cautious, and you know, this isn't something I want to like mess around with. Um, you know, I wasn't healing as quickly as I wanted to, but um you know, I'm able to function, you know, I took a week off work just to kind of help, help with recovery. But, you know, again, this kind of comes back to Solo and Willow, you know, literally yesterday, um, you know, we were out and, you know, um, I was kind of saying like, yeah, the doctor just says, you know, I two, three weeks and I should be okay. And then they're like, no, you're, you're going to take six weeks off. And, you know, they told me what I didn't want to hear you know, they, they, they were real with me and, you know, told me how serious this is, which I knew, but I guess I was just in a little bit of denial of. So, um, so now I'm thankful for it. You know, I was upset then, you know, you literally yesterday we had this conversation. Um, but you know, it's definitely the right call. Like, you know, I need to take care of myself and I don't want to, you know, I had some exciting bookings that involve like, you know, getting flown somewhere or, or something like that. And I don't want to like commit to something, have someone have to buy my plane ticket and then be like, oh, I'm just not, you know, oh, I can't do it now. Um, mm. So it just felt like the most responsible thing to do is to give all the promoters time to, to replace the match. Um, and unfortunately, so Trisha Dore was top of my list of people I wanted to wrestle when I first met her. Um, and I think I mentioned that last time I was on your show. <laughs> and I had... At this point, I just found out three matches with her over the course of May and June um, that all got canceled. So oh. I, I hope like, you know, once once I'm cleared to wrestle and once I'm back in the ring that I can have those three matches. I don't just want the one. I want three now. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I would be signing on for all of those. Like that would be yes. awesome to see. I was excited when that was announced um initially and you know it like you said it's a bummer that you know we won't get to see you for a little while um but at the same time like your your health takes precedent over these things Mm -hmm. and and, you know i'm glad that you have the people around you to help you know to you know support you around those things and to to look out for you in in that way not that you don't look out for yourself but you know it's 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 there to have uh, additional voices are always good (laughs) so yeah absolutely i mean like if had they not said anything, I would have probably gone back in two weeks. And like, how awful would that be to like have to take this time off and then come back and then get hurt again because mm. I, I rushed back. So um, that'd be so much worse. That would feel so much worse than I do now. So mm. I just want to be safe and I want to wrestle for a long time and want to do whatever I can to like preserve that and make that happen. Yeah. And I think that's what we all want for you as well. Is oh, we good. want to see more well, I, at least for me i want to see more either surreal so if that means like take take your six weeks and and heal up and and be like th- like good to go then definitely do that you know like, okay uh, yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> like i feels like i didn't mean to be like me telling you what to do but <laughs> No, no, I need to be told sometimes. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
But regardless, whether you, you might not be in the ring for a few weeks here, but we will get the chance to see you on our screens on IWTV on June 1st with yes. the life of Edith Surreal debuting there on that day, the first day of Pride Month, which mm -hmm. very well timed, Jerry. Very well timed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to see the episode. I'm excited for everyone else to see the episode and you know whatever else comes down down the pike afterwards like that's going to be an amazing thing to see and we i my i eagerly await for you to get back into the ring whenever you're feeling 100 percent. yes so, yeah. me too thank you definitely definitely well let everybody know where they can uh find you online and where they can check out uh the life of yes so you can watch the life of june 1st on iwtv um you can follow me i'm at edith surreal um on everything so i'm on twitter uh, I do Instagram. I just opened up a little Vimeo so I can have like all my highlight videos in one place. Um, so I'm like slowly uploading stuff there. So I'm really, I'm having fun with that to kind of have like a little archive of video stuff. And then I always hit this really hard, but you got to follow me on Pinterest. I pin so many great things. You get this little sneak peek at my upcoming gear, at upcoming like graphic design pieces that I'm working on what inspires me. It's all on Pinterest. I'm moving soon, actually. So we got a lot of like new office ideas and, you know, kind of like what I want to do with my living room, thinking about accent walls, all of that stuff. Really great content. You know, if I had a chance to do things over, I'd become an interior decorator. Um, I think I'm probably, I'd be better at that than wrestling, to be honest. So, um, you know, maybe I can host an HGTV show after wrestling. Um, who knows? But you know, get on the ground floor of all that stuff. Follow me on Pinterest at Edith Surreal, Pinterest.com. I love it. <laughs> no, I know you've been, you were pushing Pinterest last time you were on. So I hope that you've had more followers since then. And regardless yeah, I have of three the, followers now. Three there you followers. go. Hey, hey, that's an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to make Pinterest, wrestling Pinterest happen. That's my goal. <laughs> Damn right. I love it. Thank you so much, Edith. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks once again to Edith for for coming on the show and and you know talking all about the life of and and giving us a little bit of a uh, inside look into that amazing uh, entrance at IWTV family reunion. Uh, I just I absolutely adored that and you know I stand by my statement at the very at, at near the end there where like you know I think. I speak for the collective wrestling world and that we want Edith Surreal in this world, uh, in this ring for as long as uh, we possibly can have her. So get well soon, Edith. You know, we'll s hopefully uh, Paris is bumping. Uh, that historic main event match with Mariah Moreno uh, will be able to happen. But at the end of the day, health takes precedent over everything. We'll be here ready and waiting for whenever you're able to get back into the ring. But in the meantime, though, do not miss the life of Edith Surreal on IWTV on June 1st. You heard they're going to have a live uh, a live watch-along with auctioning off the fan art from that entrance at IWTV Family Union. Definitely go check that out over at independentwrestling.tv. Get all the details over there and uh, get ready because we're kicking off Pride Month with a bang with uh, with that episode dropping. It's going to be uh, amazing. It's going to be emotional. Uh, and I, I cannot wait for all the images that are going to make me feel like I want to cry and more than likely will make me cry. 
<laughs> I'm an emotional doy. What can I say? Anyway, um, that's going to do it for us here this week on the show. Though, come back next week. We're going to have another guest and another fun little uh, session for y'all here. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And free Palestine. Everybody's ready to die. Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, you made a deal with the